future of fee-for-service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet, our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Hello, Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast listeners. My name is Dr. Drew Burns. I am your host. Welcome back to another episode. So today I am going to be doing a solo episode talking to you about the dreaded September. Uh, most of you probably have heard this term <laughs> to refer to um, the fact that September seems to always be a slower month than the rest of the year for most dental practices. And this one is going to be a doozy for sure. Um, if you're like us and you're living in planet Earth, um, you've heard of a little something called uh, COVID-19, which rocked the world in 2020. And about six months ago, um, all dental practices as in the rest of the world pretty much shut down. So in our practice, we uh, six months from the date from when we shut down, if, if from the day we officially closed, I, I'm pretty sure I counted out six, to, six months to the date, lands on September 14th. So... That means that, you know, before every day before that, six months before then, you know, we were just reappointing patients six months out, everything was going great. But then all of a sudden, we closed our doors for almost a full two months as we were mandated by our state uh, to not be seeing uh, patients for routine cleanings and whatnot, um, not any non-elective care. So that means for about a full two months, no patients got put on the schedule. Um, so from the middle of September to the middle of November, um, we were not reappointing people. And then when we opened back up, heck, probably like the most of you, we were pretty darn busy. We had a backlog of patients who were trying to get in. Um, sure, some people weren't comfortable coming in yet, but we, we still, for those first couple of months back open, yeah, we were busy. Um... It's kind of leveled off a little bit as we've gotten caught back up, and now we're coming full circle to almost a full two, six months after that dead zone of time when um, no patients were getting put on the schedule. And, you know, we I knew that was going to happen. All of us did. So uh, I tried to come up with a plan from day one of how to address it. Um, you know, we were trying to be proactive. I was really encouraging our hygienists, who are the ones who um, schedule appointment. Uh, the patient for their next cleaning, I was really encouraging them to try to encourage patients to maybe come in a little bit earlier um, than their regular six-month cleaning. 
Um, and, and maybe use a little bit of language around the fact that um, if we schedule you six months out, we're just going to be slammed at that time. Um, so if you do need to reschedule as we get closer to that date, you might have a very difficult time doing so. So if you're comfortable coming in at five months, it would um, get you into a better spot. Anyhow, I, I'm not sure how much that w- ended up happening. Um, we, we do have patients scheduled in those two months, but it is pretty bare. Um, I looked at our schedule. I just kind of glanced at it. Um, I, uh, in Dendrix, I did the month view, right? If you haven't done this yet, I really recommend that you do. I started by just doing the, the view of the whole month and, and clicking on um, a little button which shows you how much production is scheduled uh, for each day in the month. And I looked for the days that had the least amount of production. I kind of just kind of cherry-picked a few days and, and looked at those. And in our team meeting, I showed those to our team. I said, here, look, here, here's one of the worst days in September, one of the worst days in October, one of the worst days in November. And um, each of those days kind of had like one or two patients on the schedule for what should be three full columns of hygiene. So we've gone into SOS emergency planning mode. And today, on today's episode, I would just like to discuss in no particular order some strategies um, that I've read on Facebook, some things that have just been bouncing through my head. Um, and hopefully it will help some of you guys out there to kind of come up with a plan and process uh, what's going to be best for you and for your team. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> After our team meeting, I took a closer look at um, the schedule and I went every day one at a time from uh, the day that you know COVID hit six months ago to when things looked like they were kind of filling back in. So I kind of went day by day for about two months. And of course, that, that's going to vary in your state by however long you were uh, closed for. Uh, some of you were closed for longer, some of you not as long. So your window of time might um, be greater or shorter than mine. Okay, but I didn't realize how bad it was when I met with my team. Not until I went uh, day by day and realized that. <laughs> Here, here's a good example. Okay, so right in the middle of it, right in the middle of those two... Uh, months. Uh, that was seemed to be where it was um, the weakest for me. So there was two weeks in a row where it was just like, I was looking at the schedules, looking at how many patients were on the schedule. And I, up until I hit those two weeks, what I was kind of trying to do was think, all right, we've got three columns of hygiene open. We've got patients scattered among those three. And um, how many columns do we actually have? If we could just play Tetris and move those patients all into one column. Do we have enough for one column, two columns? Is it two and a half columns? Uh, many days it was enough for one or barely enough for one column, maybe one and a half. Uh, when, my, when I got to the, the dead middle of that time period, uh, it, it just so happened that I counted up all of the uh, patients on the schedule for that two-week window. And we had basically the equivalent of three columns of hygiene which would for us would be one day, one full day. Um, if we could just condense all of those patients into one day, we'd be full that day and, and completely wide open for the rest of those two weeks. So that made a, a pretty compelling um, argument for the idea of closing those two weeks at least. Um, and you know maybe closing off uh, hygiene columns um, the weeks before and after that time. So I jumped the gun a little bit. Let me backtrack. Okay, if, if you're just kind of 
wrapping your head around um, a plan for your own office, um, step one is reactivating patients because you're probably like us in that the problem isn't that you don't have patients. The problem is that the patients who are due for their cleanings aren't on the schedule. And that could be for a number of reasons, but at this point I've just got to assume that most of them just aren't comfortable coming back yet. And that's fine. You know, we, we want to encourage people to come back when they're ready. So step one for me was um, I typed up an email, sent it out to my team or to my patients. It was a very similar email um, to the one I sent out when we did reopen. I kind of covered all of the safety precautions that we're doing. I think I actually just copied and pasted that list uh, of precautions at, at the very end. But the tone at the beginning was very different. I kind of addressed... Uh, Okay, so this email went out selectively to the people who haven't been back. Um, I think I may have said it, I should have, should have done it differently, but I think I said it for anyone who hasn't been in the office within a year. Um, so I definitely could have trimmed that up, and I, I missed some people there. But point being, ideally you target just the people who haven't been in since before COVID hit. And send it to all of them. Maybe you find the people who haven't been in from them, but that have been in within the last, you know, year and a half or three years, whatever you want to set it. So you're not, you don't want to be emailing people who haven't been there in 10 years. And they're like, yeah, I moved 10 years ago. What are you doing emailing me? So in my email, we just said, hey, we're reaching out to you because we care. We want to make sure you're doing all right. Uh, first off, I said, if you're getting this email, it's because you haven't been into our practice uh, and you're, you're past due for your cleaning, something to that effect. Um, and I kind of addressed the their, uh, my assume. What I assumed what their concern was, was with COVID. And I mentioned the World Health Organization statement and what ADA had to say in response to that. And, you know, there had been no known outbreaks in a dental office to date. Um, so here are some of the precautions we're taking. We want you to come back when you feel safe. So when you feel like that time is right for you, we'll be here. But here's a little heads up. If you want to get a cleaning done this year, my recommendation for you is to call our office now because we have some openings in the next couple of weeks. So I think is what I said. But as we get closer to the end of the year, we are very booked up. So um, take advantage of this time now if you are feeling comfortable. And we did get a couple of people. Um, I'm not sure how many, but we, we got a handful of people who responded to that right away. I kind of wanted to send it out as a primer because as we're heading into some free time, um, I am getting our front desk to organize the rest of our team as they have downtime to work through f calling all of our uh, past due patients. Um, so it was kind of, a, I, I mentioned in the email, we're going to be giving you a call to check in on you. Um, so hopefully we'll get some people reactivated through that. So that's kind of step one is you got, you got holes in your schedule. You've got patients who can fill the, fill those holes. So before we talk about potentially closing hygiene columns or trying to get new patients in, um, let's see if we can fill the holes we have with the patients that we have. Um, so that's one strategy. Uh, another strategy that my, my next thought after you know doing that, I, I don't know how effective that will be. Um, my, as, but as I'm looking at the schedule, it's, it's not going to fill in. Um, all the way to our capacity. You know, we run three columns of hygiene Monday through Thursday, and we were running two on Fridays. Uh, we had a fr one Friday only hygienist who uh, maybe two weeks ago was her last day. She wanted to stop working Fridays. 
And for a brief window of time there, I was looking to replace her with another Friday-only hygienist. And then I realized that would be a bad move because we're heading into a time period when um, we're going to have a lot of open chair time. So I was able to, to filter out one, um, you know, the need to fill that chair at least. And then I had another hygienist who kind of did um, maybe not, she, she was doing two days a week, not quite a half day, but not quite a full day, kind of two thirds of a day she was seeing patients. And she was kind of nearing retirement. She's been talking about it for a while. And she kind of felt like this is probably going to be a good time for her to step down. So that was, <clears throat> I guess, nice from a capacity point of view. I was able to close off some more chair time there and redistribute some of her patients into other chairs. But we're still really empty as it stands for those two months, the, those two, the, the window of time. So um, at our team meeting, I asked our – I kind of went over – the reactivation game plan and that we need everybody's help. If you want us to, you know, keep working, we got to fill your schedules. So we need your help in, um, trying to do that and reaching out to patients. Um, I am trying some marketing stuff, um, to try to bring in new patients, but September, man, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> historically a hard time to get patients. You know, I think people are focused on back to school and, um, you know, going into the dentist isn't a, a huge priority to them. So it's an uphill battle to, to fill the chairs with uh, existing patients or new patients. So in our practice, we're, we're trying to do a combination of things. We're trying to bring in old patients first, bring in new patients second, and then until we have the patients to fill in all of the chairs, we're going to be closing off at least some of the columns. Um, so that way, at least we filter patients into one full column a day rather than spread out across three open columns um, and then have to deal with how we're going to you know, staff those hours as uh, that day comes along. So I kind of just addressed it openly with our team that we, we might need to – I asked them to get to put their heads together and figure out if there's a arrangement between the, th the three of them um, that we can come to where they're not all, um, you know, unfairly losing time, but that no one's going to be here just on the clock doing nothing. So that was the conversation that we had, but that was also before I realized the full extent of it. So I, I have not decided anything yet, but I'm, I'm I've got to believe I'm at least closing off one week. Um, that happens to be a week. Our slowest week happens to be a week that. Um, there is a CE course I was going to be taking uh, in December when we're already pretty busy. I mean, busier than we are in October, November. Um, so I'm moving that CE course up to that week in November. So if we're going to be closed anyways, I may as well, um, you know, get a CE course in there so I don't have to take off time from the practice later. So that could be another strategy for you if you're considering closing off. And uh, I think the rules are different in every state, but one of the things I asked my accountant was, all right, if we are going to be closed for a week or two, can our team file for unemployment or underemployment? I think that's a thing. And her response was, um, you know, if they have zero income uh, for that time, uh, they can get underemployment. They can apply for it anyways. But in our state, I think it's only like $250 a week. Um, so it's not a ton. And something about them having to be open for employment during that time window. So just a thought uh, might be worth looking into the rules in your own state.
And what else? So I was chatting with some dentists in the fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. Um, I posted about my brother-in-law has a service which comes to dental offices and other businesses uh, to professionally clean them uh, to keep a free, clean environment. Uh, and, you know, they, they use very safe, effective cleaners to rid an office of um, the coronavirus. Uh, he could explain it way better, right? I it, think it, it lasts a really long time and adds a lot of protection to the practice. Totally a good thing to market um, if you're doing that. So if that sounds of interest to you, check them out on Facebook in that post I made. I'll see if I can pull up the name of his company here so you guys could Google it later if, if need be. But the point is, is I, I posted about that along with, um, you know, as an idea of, of things to reach out to your patients to make them feel comfortable coming in. And on that thread... Um, somebody had posted um, I, what I think was a really good point. He said, yeah, we've got a lot of open chair time. Um, but for me, you know, my hygienists are, are worth it, and everybody is looking to hire team members right now, um, and he doesn't want to risk losing them. So it's worth it for him to keep paying them. This is kind of his point. Uh, through this time, uh, in order to make sure they're not going to go anywhere. And I, I got to believe, I got to say that that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, you know, I, I haven't quite done the math yet and how expensive that would be to keep them employed through this time when we don't have many patients. Um, but I get what he's saying. Like, I really like the hygienist that, that we have now. Um, it's been a long road to get to this point, but I, I don't want to lose any of them. Um, so that's another idea I'm mulling over. Uh, we did just have two or three really great months, our best months. But when I look at the scheduled production for the coming months, it's it's not much. And of course, if we're all that's on the schedule now for some of those months is our bare hygiene schedule. But our much of our doctor production comes out of the hygiene columns. So if we're not seeing many hygiene patients, then the doctors aren't going to have a lot to do either. So it's it's just going to be a rough couple of months. Um, so that's something to consider. It's you got to weigh the pros and cons of how much it would cost uh, to be able to float your team like that um, versus yeah we've got maybe we have it in the bank right now, but what what is the bank going to look like when you know we're coming towards the end of November and the collections have been low for two months or so. So food for thought for you guys. The name of my brother-in-law's company is Geospear Disinfecting Service. So sounds like he's got a good thing there in case anyone's interested. They, they do service in, in many areas, many states. Um, okay, cool. So those are some of the things that I'm kind of mulling over here. Um, I'm also, uh, you know, looking into some different ways to market, but really I, I just... I want you guys to be also thinking ahead, and uh, I'm worried, like, if if my schedule's like this, I, I, I'm certain some of you, and I pray many of you, uh, are decently full through that time, and awesome, and some of you have already been uh, way ahead of the ball here, and have been uh, marketing for a while, um, but I don't want anyone to be caught off guard by this when the time comes, so please, when you get back to your, your offices, do... Um, you know, go day by day through that t period of time and, and see what you can do to 
to um, fill in that schedule. Another idea that I've, I've been floating around has been, I mentioned this in the podcast before, I believe, doing a um, offer for your community. So so let's say you're doing what that other gentleman had, had and I apologize, I forget his uh, who had said that idea of, of kind of keeping the office open and paying his team so he doesn't more have to risk losing them. Um, but I kind of responded with a thought that if you're going to have them there anyways, sure, there's lots of projects maybe they can do, but many of us had downtime as COVID hit and when we reopened that we were kind of like getting those types of projects done already. So it's kind of like how how much busy work is there to do in a practice at a certain point. Um, but another idea would be something I've really wanted to do, but I haven't pulled the trigger on yet, uh, offering free cleanings. Um, for people who lost their job due to COVID. Um, you know, it, it's if you're going to do something like this, you could get good PR out of it, but you've got to do it because it's, it's you're, you're motivated by trying to help people. Um, if it, I, I would worry about going into doing something like that and, you know, trying to look at an ROI or something. You probably won't get that out of it. Um, but you'll help a lot of people, and you might get some of those patients to come back when they do have jobs. Or you'll be able to talk to them about your membership plan, which is something good to have during this time. I don't know about you guys. We've had a lot of our patients, uh, their interest has been piqued about um, signing up for membership plans. So I'm glad that we rolled ours out when we did. It's been very popular. Uh, we obviously set that up with Dental Membership Direct, who uh, would love to have a call with you guys. DentalMembershipDirect.com. You can set up a free demo with them to see how they can help grow your practice with membership uh, patients. Anyhow, so um, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? So we've had lots of patients who are interested in membership plans. Oh, right, the free cleaning idea. Um, yeah, the idea is if you got holes in your schedule already and you, you're going to be paying your team to be there anyways, may as well have them doing some charity work. Um, it'll be a good service to your community. It might come back full circle and either in marketing or in future patients that, that when they do have a job or insurance again or... Maybe they're, you know, if we do this, we will be talking to each one of those patients about our membership plan. Uh, I don't want anybody signing up while they're here, but just for an FYI, when you are back on your feet, this might be a good option for you. So take take a pamphlet. Um, and the, the, I think, good part about how this can work is that you don't need to give them any dedicated chair time. The way I plan to do this, if we're if we do end up doing it, is to only give them same-day openings. Now, I might be flexible on that if it's as bare as it's looking right now, but my original thought was to only do uh, same-day openings so when they call, you know, maybe we'll have a notice on our website um, or we'll make a short list or something, but that way it's kind of a win-win. Um, and maybe we're only kind of giving them middle-of-the-day appointments too um, so that we're not coming having our hygienists come in any, you know, if... If we have an 8 a.m. opening, for example, um, maybe we won't fill that. Or five, a 4 p.m. opening, maybe we won't fill that. So we're not keeping our hygienists there any longer if they wanted to leave early. But kind of filling those midday holes. Um, so it could work out great. Just a thought for you guys um, to do some good and, and uh, you know, make the best of a crummy situation. So those are just some of the strategies that I've kind of been mulling over, I think... Uh, it's just important to kind of have a game plan in place and to talk with your team and, um, you know, keep a, um, a 
uh, what am I trying to say? Keep a perspective that keeps the whole year in mind. You hopefully you had some great months, like I know many of us did, um, after reopening, and we're heading for some slow months. But you know, when you do uh, go through day by day into your schedule, and if you're feeling kind of low, like I was <laughs> when I saw how how uh, spare, sparse it was, sparse it was. Um, keep going into December and in January and see all those patients that are on the schedule and remind yourself that things are going to pick back up and things are going to be fine, especially as whatever it is, those 30% of patients uh, in your practice that just aren't on the schedule anywhere right now, um, you still do want to have a spot for them um, when they're ready to come back. So, And I think with our team, you know, um, hopefully they'll understand that um, – you know, if there's not patience to be seen, there's not patience to be seen. And we're not alone in going through this. Uh, most dental offices across the country are experiencing something similar. So we, we can only do what we can do to kind of keep them employed and uh, keep, you know, keep paying the bills and whatnot. But yeah, I really don't want to be losing any team members over this. So hopefully they'll uh, understand. And I think the ideal thing would be to the ones that are your core team members, keep them through this and to, hopefully you can find a way with your good leadership to get them on board to help troubleshoot so they're not looking at you to, to fix this problem, which nobody created. It's the, a global pandemic, right? So, all right, guys, that is all that I have for today. I hope that you are happy and healthy and doing well, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Feed for Service Dentist Podcast. If you would like to share your fee-for-service story, please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com. Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.